0: 305 to the 303, this is TCSP. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Dr. Brian and the Cadbury Serious Band.
1: is going on ladies and gentlemen welcome to the casually serious podcast i am bob and this is uh a a bittersweet day um in one hand we i get to discuss kiss with one of my best friends ever stony grantham um and and we're going to discuss uh the solo from the solo albums up to creatures of the night but uh this is really going to kind of end our journey if i'm being honest with the at least with the kiss makeup era i don't I don't really see us digging into the non-makeup era stuff, if I'm being honest. And that's just not being, that's not like being a snob about that. It's just, man, my greatest memories involve them with makeup, regardless of how they might've, uh, um, you know, gone backwards or, or, you know, regressed in some way, visually, whatever the case may be, I will always be a die-hard kiss fan, uh, in makeup era, 100%. And, uh, I know for a fact uh, our guest is a diehard Kiss fan. It's one of the main things that uh, that um, got us kind of hooked up as friends from the as of, from the very beginning, man. we were, you know you like the Cowboys and you like Kiss, well, dude, we're gonna talk for a long time, man. So uh, you know we got a few albums to dive into. So I'm not gonna get into too much chit chat with myself. I might as well bring someone in. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome one of my best friends, Stony Grantham. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I was gonna. I was really gonna give it uh, a yell, Stony, my friend. S P. P. What is up, dude? How you doing?
0: What's going on, buddy?
1: I am just relaxing, man. Uh, you know, it's getting close to the end of the week, which is which is cool. I've been a little busy at work, which is all right as well. Like I said earlier, I was hoping it was be a. It's going to be a little bit busier soon. I feel like I know Colorado is going to be getting back to the no mask thing pretty soon, man. How's uh, how's Texas?
0: I hope uh, we get busy. It's been a year of not being busy. And uh, I hope to get busy too, <laughs> musically, uh, figuratively, all the above. You know, when was the last time you played a show? Um, February 2020. Well, all right. And so uh, pretty much a year ago. So, yeah, I was supporting uh, Striper uh, in San Antonio, uh, in Texas, that is, not the other San Antonio. <laughs> but uh, shit. that was the last show I actually literally played, man, uh, with Striper. And uh, as many people kind of snicker behind or about Striper, they were, they killed it. They delivered the freaking goods as usual and treated us like gold for a second time. So I got no complaints. It was awesome.
1: You know what i think we can have um i can have a casually serious podcast episode with you and just hear some of the stories with the bands that you have played with you know that 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 goes for mcmaster too but you especially i would love to sit down and just pick your brain and listen to the evolution of the gig from you because i know from your terra vast days all the way to now you've been in a handful of pretty kick-ass bands and and uh, uh the last couple that you've been in have have been Fucking really honed and polished, and I'm sure to the uh, to your liking. So congrats on all that success, man. Thank you, brother. Um you've been fortunate
0: Over the last three or four years. I've opened supported a lot of legends and a lot of people. I'm I'm a fanboy of. I've been fans of for a you know a lot of long time. So yeah, that'd be yeah. that'd be fun to do, man.
1: Yeah, I'm sure you got a lot of stories, man. So anyway, um, let's get into it, man. This is obviously Kiss, this is a band that, if anyone has a band now or has had a band in the last 20 years, they had something to do with it. There was a reason for you plugging in an amp, buying a drum kit, deciding to scream at the top of your lungs. It had something to do with these guys,
0: or a Les Paul copy, uh, or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, uh, that's funny. This would be volume three if we're counting. Uh, you know, the first volume one, consisting of the first three studio albums live, And then we moved into volume two, the second podcast, which was obviously a destroyer, rock and roll over uh, love gun in a live two. And yes. here we are on the uh, third 3.0, shall we say and uh, running what maybe uh, the solo records through creatures of the night. Yeah. That's
1: exactly what we're gonna do, man. Yeah, including double platinum. Uh, now, including double platinum, which, <laughs> by the way, when 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 he, double platinum was right after the solo albums, wasn't it? That was also
0: uh, late '78. I want to say. Uh, anybody chiming in, want to correct me? That's fine because I could be wrong, but I think it's '78 as well. That's
1: okay, so one. that so we'll just for the sake of of uh, fluidity in the show today, we'll just pop it up after. The solo albums, which uh, yeah. we we might as well delve right, you know, jump right into right now. Um, do you have anything you wanted to say before we started talking about the about Kiss man Any new any new projects popping up, or uh, is it just relaxation time out in the ATX?
0: No, uh, we're starting to gear up. Uh, I think my video is frozen, but can you still hear me? I can. Um, we are gearing. We by meaning a by from San Antonio, Texas, uh, are gearing up. Or a show in August in Dallas uh, yes. with uh, maybe, so far, Ripper Owens, uh, Cage from San Diego, Sunless Sky from Cleveland, and a host of others. Uh, I think they still have yet to name a um, headliner. But Oh,
1: God dang it. <clears throat> I was in fear of that, but that's okay. With the magic of editing, maybe sometime down the road. I'll be able to chop this part out. But uh, damn it. Stoney was in the middle of a great, just a great story right there. I know it. Damn it. Andrew Pace, what is going on, my friend? It's always good to see you. Thank you for coming out and hanging out. Anybody else who's in the audience right now, uh, I see about five or six folks coming out. Um, Say hello in the comments section. Don't be bashful. Wherever you are watching from, be it Facebook or YouTube. Um, And thanks as always for the support. Thank you for everybody, to everybody for um, subscribing to our YouTube channel. Uh, it's been, it's only been up for a little bit right now and it's got very, very minimum, uh, activity on it other than the last few podcasts that have popped up, that have popped up, including, uh, these obviously. So, um, if you get a second and I'm going to go ahead and drop this crazy link into the comment. If anybody out there has a YouTube channel or doesn't have a YouTube channel, just go ahead and create one. It's super easy and follow that link that I just posted down there and uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. That would be awesome. Looks like we've still got a little bit of technical difficulties on Stoney's end. So I'm just going to kill some time right now by singing an old uh, Dutch children's song. I'm just kidding. I don't know what the hell that is. It makes no sense. Andrew, I appreciate that, man. Support, Dude, support. You want to talk about supporting? I remember when you were one of the first people to pitch in for my Xbox 360 to pull me away from PlayStation so we could uh, play Call of Duty back in the day. I've been playing video games with you since 05, I think. One of my best friends, too, and somebody I've never met in real life. It's just crazy how that kind of those kinds of friendships can happen nowadays, but, uh, I appreciate it, Andrew. And, uh, yeah, much love back to you, man. And I don't, I just don't want to get any further into any of this, uh, into any of this broadcast until Stony pops back up. So, uh, if anybody has any questions, uh, questions or comments, pop it up in that, in that, uh, in that feed. We're going to keep trying until we get them back in.
0: Uh, Stony. <laughs> my apologies. I still have a rat uh, chewing on my cords or something down here.
1: You need to go. You got to go down there and you put a raccoon down there. Raccoons <laughs> terrify rats. And uh, I mean, you might have a raccoon problem after that, but it's better than a rat wire problem.
0: That's true. It's, uh, where did we? Uh, how far into the fist summer did I get to?
1: You didn't get any further than the name and word fist before ah. you froze up.
0: Well, I was saying, uh, sorry for the confusion here, but uh, we're supposed to do a show in Dallas in this August with uh, Ripper Owens and uh, Cage from San Diego, Sunless Sky from Cleveland, and uh, as yet unnamed uh, headliner. So, things were. Really cool. was
1: famous for the uh, movie Rockstar, right?
0: <laughs> I just that, but... Well, he wasn't. In it. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but, I know. Say, I, I've
1: actually heard so many, so many people just reduce his career to that, and it's like oh, uh, it's not really oh, oh. just that.
0: <laughs> when he's not in it or mentioned at all, anyways, uh, right? So we'll, we'll settle, on, we'll settle on Judas Priest with Ripper, Ripper Owens instead of yeah. you. Yes. So uh, like I I said
1: before, uh, and again, I I might have some connective uh, issues right now. I don't know. But it doesn't matter. We could get through this, man. And editing is going to probably be a big part of this at some point. Maybe, maybe not. But um, uh, let's see. My connection is a little stable. It doesn't matter.
0: Um, If I disappear, I'll be back in 40 seconds or so like I am.
1: Right on. Yeah, don't even worry about that, man. Uh, So anyway let's get this started man we um i'm gonna go ahead and introduce one of the albums that when i knew it was coming out i don't know if i had been any more excited in my entire life for an album that was about to come out uh and then once it did come out uh i had a different feeling about it altogether. so let's uh let's let it introduce itself So for the sake of time tonight, we're going to cut those real short. But at any rate, the intro that you just heard was the very, very beginning of that uh, album, the beginning of Radioactive, and it sounded terrifying. It sounded awesome. It sounded like straight-up exorcist, like what the fuck is about to happen? And then it just sort of goes into a Gene Simmons song. Um, Exactly. And and I I don't know that it's a... uh, a horrible gene simmons song i like it if and it's if to me it's the highlight of that album but unfortunately it's the first song on the album and the last song that i probably had ever listened to um, (laughs) on 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 that album what what about you stoney do you have anything good to say about it man
0: well here's let me here's what i have to say bob you're 100 percent correct um i was excited as as fuck when when that was coming out um I think the intro scared everybody that was 13 or 14 years old, including myself. Yes. It, sounds, it sounds super satanic. It's all like the omen and rosemary's baby. It? Like, yeah. <laughs> what is he saying? <laughs> when I first heard that, it set the mood, and I was like, fuck yeah, here we go. This is gonna be a a dark, heavy, evil record from Dr. Love, right? And so he tears into um uh Radioactive, correct. From that, you're opening. my
1: food. You're my water. You've got to be the devil's daughter.
0: Exactly, and you know, okay, it's not heavy. It's not a heavy song, but it's a good. It's a good rock and roll song. It's very kiss like. Uh, yes. Well, well, saying, you know, it's got hooks, and uh, had he wrote a few more like that, and a handful of dark, disturbing things like you know, your God of Thunders or your Almost Humans, I believe it would have been, you know, a close second to Mr. Fraley's solo album. And it would have been what people were expecting from from Gene Simmons. Uh, However, with that being said, I'm sure you were about to say the same thing probably. After Radioactive, (laughs) things seemed to just go south in a hurry. And, and continue going south, and to me it was uh, even at that age, even at fourteen or 30, probably thirteen or twelve, whenever I heard it, a uh, big time disappointment in my opinion. You know wh- what he could have had you know, or could have done. What do you What do you think about that?
1: I think what's funny is that. Um, hold on, I just got a pretty crazy text here, real quick. I think, and I think we know this later on, and uh, uh, we didn't know this back then because we were obviously younger, but um, we know now after hearing stories that he kind of decided that with this album, he was going to go against what most people expected him to do for a solo album. And I think this is one of those times in life where going against a stereotype or an expectation went against him um they might have done that for a few different albums in life uh, we might be discussing one of them being honest pretty soon uh it, they've done it some experimental things with albums that that have somewhat paid off in some way but sure. it, again i think i we know that gene said this is thing that he wanted to make sure that when someone bought it and listened to it it was nothing at all like what they expected and that's what kicked me in the nuts uh and you really at any point in time you, ha- you you could've, you could have you could have had me holding on to something and finding some way to defend it to the people in school because obviously this is listened I'm, I heard this much later on uh, you know 81, 82, had you not gotten to when you wish upon a star um, right. and I and we all I I everyone in the world can give me all the answers why that song made it on that uh, and I don't I just don't give a shit why. Right. Uh, it, it just was sort of like the just like the end. It was just like, and then how about this, Bob? <laughs> you know,
0: like it was it was, <laughs> it was. it was like uh, the whole album's been rolling downhill for the last thirty-five minutes, and we'll cap it with something even worse. <laughs> you know, it's not really rock and roll, that's for sure. Uh Like you said, maybe he was thinking about. I'm gonna give everybody what they don't ex- expect. But the, yes. guy had, the guy had been cultivating the demon uh, personality for five years. Why right. would you want to give somebody give the fans what they want? I guess it's, it's easy to say in hindsight, right? You know, obviously. Well,
1: he started the album off with those expectations. It's almost like he was like, all right, here's the deal. We're going to play this real super satanic evil thing. And then he went away from the microphone. And then somewhere he had a dinner with somebody. And they were like, dude, hey, whenever you can close that shit up with a Disney tune. Wouldn't that be fucking awesome? And he was like, you know what? That sounds like a great idea. And
0: then Hey, he was probably having dinner with uh Cher and KDC Galve, Oh my god, yes.
1: <laughs> yes. You know. Did they say they sang back up on the solo, but did they sing back up on any other albums for Kiss?
0: I think just his solo album. I, unless I'm wrong. I could be wrong. But I've
1: spotted good. some I've I've heard some ladies singing back around, at least on Dynasty. Obviously, we know how we just we talked last week about how that was such an operatic album. Uh and and to to hear that there were Vocals added to it, uh, background vocals by people we might not ever hear of. It's not really too surprising, but it uh, has some females.
0: Thing. True. Uh, I know it's Katie Seagal and maybe Cher and a few other girls uh, and boys, actually, and guys singing back up. There's a lot of musicians on that record. And here's why I have another problem with a Gene Simmons album is uh, Gene didn't play any bass hardy at all, if at all, on his own solo record. And if he downright was a terrible bass player, okay, I, I'll get it, you know, but Gene's not that bad of a bass player. he's He's unique and underrated, in my opinion. So give I want to hear Gene play bass on his own solo album, just like Ace freely did on his he played lead guitar and rhythm guitars on his own solo album. That's like um, not singing on your own solo album too, you know, almost. Yeah. Uh, did you know did, that back then as a as a as a, whether you were
1: starting playing bass or not did you know back when you first heard this album that gene was not playing bass on it
0: no not at all uh, i okay. just found out you know after the decades later perhaps but um, yeah. it's still a, a grand disappointment um when you find out that you know santa claus isn't real in some on, you on know, all aspects but um i don't know what are there any other songs you actually like on it besides well i'd tell
1: you like I gotta say, uh, burn it up with fever is not horrible. Uh, and the reason why I, again, the reason why I know that song is because I was desperately waiting for the rest of the album to be better than radioactive. And like I, sometime after that, I was like, you know what? No. And I went back and gave it some other, some other chances, but no, there's nothing else I can pull. Uh, and I know there's deep cuts, man of a thousand. I hear Mr. Make Believe. I hear
0: Maybe what what do you think about Man of a Thousand Paces or whatever? But it's I, I all very I couldn't recite you two two sentences two two sets of lyrics from that record. If, if yeah, my head, you know.
1: Yeah, that's a tough one. And and on that note, I'm going to go ahead and introduce an album that I could not tell you one lyric uh, or one note from. So let's get into that. Uh, little teasers, little teasers right there, man. had nothing to do with the album, obviously, but of course not. Uh, it was great,
0: great uh nevertheless
1: <laughs> so this is paul this is paulie's album um sorry, my bad uh, and i've heard I've heard great things from it um about it from from hardcore fans yeah, maybe we should back
0: up a bit uh about why are there four solo albums? coming out at once uh, from the members of KISS, first of all. Sorry, yeah. sorry to go kind of retrograde on you there. but
1: Let's do it, man. Let's do it. If For anybody who's watching that doesn't know the history of all this stuff, it's definitely something to let, that we should let them know.
0: Yeah. Um, we're assuming everybody are huge KISS freaks like ourselves, right? Right. Um, KISS, we're uh, having a lot of problems after or during and after the Love Gun tour and probably before that. Uh, Ace and Peter weren't happy. Gene and Paul were not a- happy with them. Um, and the group is splintering and about to fall apart. Correct?
1: 100%.
0: And so label slash management slash advisors, hangers on whatever you want to allude to uh, suggested to placate basically Ace Greeley and Peter Chris and keep the band cohesive and and working uh how about solo records so you can express yourselves artistically
1: good job gene
0: (laughs) so uh that's in a nutshell they all said great sounds like a great idea we get time apart from each other and make essentially four kiss records in one year you know yeah Uh, however it sounded uh, i guess what would you say bob sounds good on paper right
1: yeah and i know that they pressed an ass load of these records which is why whenever you went to a record store and you would see stacks and stacks of these and thinking that they were not selling when in <laughs> fact they were massively selling
0: sure. they
1: just were so many pressed that people they were you had to buy like a probably a case a case or 10 cases or some shit at a time of these records because right. they printed so many of them but uh i think it was this think it was a, a a decent idea but i i but I think with kiss would might be the only band that could get away with that. Because if you give, if you have a band that's only four people and you give all four people the freedom to record their own album. And one of those four has success. And, and, and that's kind of what happened here. uh, It's just going to make that person not want to go back into that band, at least not into that. And it it with renegotiations in mind or something like that. Yes. But sure. um, anything that they would have said that made that, that, got them to the point where they said i can make my own album and if that there was success a success attached to that man was that, you know that's going to splinter a band that person's going to be gone probably
0: that's true and or at the very least uh lulled them into a false security of uh hey i got this big wave i'm riding and i can continue to wave ride it into the sunset uh you know whether that was true or not who knows but uh again like you said it, it couldn't have It didn't really help the situation <laughs> it kind of grow you know drove more wedges in the band uh, as far as whereas ace really is concerned than it than it did before than it was there before you And know?
1: i think if i'm not mistaken <clears throat> sorry i think uh gene pretty much did his on his own and had friends and and some people help him and i think paul did the same thing but i think ace Peter were involved in each, in each other's solo albums in some way or at the very least I think Peter was involved in the recording process of Aces or something but I never it was clear right away
0: I never heard that um, you, you know I'm learning something new I guess but uh as far as Pauls was probably the closest to an act- closest sounding to an actual Kiss record than any of the f- other three um had it was it good maybe uh half of it maybe it's good i'm not you know i'm just speaking in general general terms uh, from what the rest of the world had to say is and still continues to have to say about it to this day uh i guess the uh well it does sound what do you think about the paul stanley you know solo album
1: I, again, I I cannot I can't give you a lyric or a riff from it. I might have heard it a few times, and and, and here's the here's the real main reason because I we had them we had every freaking Kiss album, but it was like it was like this. Okay, here's the deal, dude. My favorite band member of Kiss is Gene Simmons. Period. End of story. Um, the second my second is Ace's because I think that was my brother's favorite band member, and he got me into the band. So Ace and Gene were my favorite. Paul and Peter, uh, you know, they were, they were awesome. But uh, so this is the deal. When I heard radioactive, when I heard Gene's album, I was like, fuck, this sucks. That's it. I, I, I'm not even going to listen to the other three. So I didn't listen until I circled back and decided to pop on Ace Frehley's album. And then I was like, I heard it. And I was like, this is good. Uh, and and then I just never explored uh, Paul or Peter's ever again. So I can't tell you anything about this record whatsoever.
0: Well, It's nothing to be ashamed of Bob because I'm exactly the same. And so I I guess that means we're real kiss freaks because (laughs) that's a a lot of kiss freaks from the original, you know, from the 70s are exactly like that. They don't sit around spinning the 78 solo albums other than Ace Freelys. And uh, when I finally got around to Ace Freelys, I thought not just. Hey, this is a great kiss record, but this is a great fucking record. And it rocks, it's consistent, it's got hooks, the songwriting is good. Uh Ace freely knocked it out of the park out of the four of them. You know?
1: I tell you, uh I, I think that's kind of the reason why. Uh and we'll get into this obviously. Uh the next the next album that they do in the studio, Ace is heavily involved in um yeah. and and he's involved in it in in some pretty awesome ways but and the one uh, yeah,
0: after that as well
1: i mean yeah and and paul as we we're saying paul's uh solo album um gotta keep putting <laughs> i keep jumping over him well, i don't know any of these songs i don't know any of them
0: i gotta put my, my cheaters on for a second but uh take me
1: away together as one. And again, so here's the deal. So obviously Paul was the love, the the star child, the lover of the band, and that wasn't my gig. So I knew that this would be a bunch of love stuff Uh, and and it probably is. And I don't know because I have
0: never heard it. I think tonight you belong to me and wouldn't you like to know me did well uh, compared to all the other tracks on the record and compared to like the Peter Chris album and the gene album i think those songs kind of made a wave uh a ripple in the pond but nowhere near what aces did uh yeah (laughs) peter uh delivers a straight up r&b kind of like the platters or the supremes kind of a a strange kind of a you know a little rocking in there but it's it's r&b and it's okay it might be Peter Chris uh, ish, but it's it's so far from what Kiss was. Uh, I think it was really a disappointment to Kiss fans. Uh, I have never really <laughs> revisited it. Uh, sorry to say. So I'm like, I, I really can't say anything more about the Peter Chris 78 solo album than I don't listen to it. I really don't plan to too much and it's an R and B record basically. Uh that's really all I can say about it. You know?
1: Well the deal is is TCSP uh paid the uh, zit faced little Red Bull chugging monster uh kid that sits in the basement and makes all these clips. So we're gonna at least show the Peter Chris clip. Show cool. it Peter Chris on the show. <laughs> is that really the best you could all right uh so um and and let's get let's go ahead and get some of these song titles that we'll never ever talk about again i'm gonna love you you matter to me tossing and turning don't you let me down that's the kind of sugar papa likes um easy thing rock me baby kiss the girl goodbye hooked on rock and roll i can't stop the rain which i can't stop the rain is actually one i feel like i know that song Hmm. for some reason but i don't Know that song.
0: Are you sure you're thinking of Credence? No,
1: no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not. I know. I I feel like that's something that if anybody, dude, Peter Chris's album didn't suck. You can't stop the rain or something. I just feel like I've heard that sentence and you know how my memory is that good. Uh, But anyway, I just figured we'd we'd throw that in there. But um, yeah, Peter, I don't have anything to say about Peter's because I didn't listen to Peter's. It's in mint condition in my house in Miami.
0: Uh Uh, Point taken. I don't think we're saying Peter's uh, solo album sucks or Gene sucks uh, or Paul's, but they're let's just say they're a long ways from Love Gun. Yes, and they're a long ways. I hate to say this from Ace Frehley's solo <laughs> solo album.
1: That's- yeah, because even even if you don't consider Ace's solo album to be a good Kiss record, it's still a really friggin' good album.
0: Yeah it stands like alone standing alone it's a good record it could have just been he could have been a one hit wonder had there never been a kiss and we might still be sitting here going hey remember that ace really record from the 70s pretty great right. you know not a bad record uh that's how good it is uh, so we might as well just jump ahead because i know a lot more about that record i still listen to it occasionally all these years later a lot of people I know do, including yourself probably. But um, yes, yeah. it's, it's chock full of good songs, good good songwriting, catchy melodies, hooks, good guitar playing by Ace Frehley himself. Okay, you know
1: what's the oh,
0: Ace Frehley. Ace!
1: Uh, I like what you did there. That was smart. I like that. A little bit of the cut from Kiss Alive 2 and then the cheers because everyone knows this is the album everybody wants to talk about. Everybody wants to listen to this album, and everybody did listen to this album, obviously, because it definitely sold better than any of them. And let's get into the songs. I'll, I'll go ahead and list them off real quick, rip it out, which uh, if we're going to start off with a, with, a, with a song, that's the one to do it with. It's a really cool, kicking, thumping song. Speed and back to my baby. Uh, is another groovy tune, Snowblind, awesome. absolutely freaking awesome. Um, yeah, Ozone, what's on your mind? New York Groove, we know it. I'm in need of love, wiped out, fractured mirror. Um, this is, and what's funny about this story is so here's the deal they all go oh you know what i tell you what gene and this is probably or i'll tell you what this is my gene voice i'll tell you what ace if you think you're a badass go see go make your fucking record dude i'm gonna go when you wish upon a star on your ass so they that's all awesome. decide to go there different ways and they make their solo albums however they want to make it at the time i guess peter was completely coked out of his mind uh paul might have just been like drunk and like we're gonna do this anyway fuck it and gene was just that's being experimental but ace was the one guy for as unreliable as Gene and Paul would have us believe mm-hmm. actually came through, buckled down, hunkered down, and produced and put together a fucking great album. And Rip It Out has, has made it, as a drummer, has made it onto my practice song list for, for years, for 25, 30 years since I started playing drums. I love that song, and it's not a heavy drum song, uh, mm-hmm. but it's just such oh. a good song.
0: Um, you're right. It's it's not even a heavy. Well, it's not a heavy album per se. I mean, it's not Master Reality from Black Sabbath, you know, but it's a rocking fucking record with a great uh, chorus. Well, the whole record. I'm saying, uh, every, a lot of all, and a lot of good songs, man. Even if it's uh yeah. eight out of ten, are great songs or good songs. It's, that's eight out of ten. That's a pretty strong record. Uh, I got. I mean, I really can't say enough about it. It's a, like you said, Rip It Out, dude. Fractured Mirror, uh, New York Groove. Oh, and it produced a freaking, what, top 10 hit for Kiss?
1: Yeah, with New York Groove.
0: Yeah. And, which is crazy. Got a lot of radio play, man, airplay on that. And that's the only song from all four solo albums to achieve that.
1: So I remember, uh, I remember going through the album and hearing it the first time and going, Holy shit, man, this is like this is what they were afraid of. And and again, this is because I don't know anything about KISS in the story. This is the reason why they hate Ace. Ace is the fucking best guy in the fucking whole entire band. Of course they hate him, you know. And so this is what I'm thinking. But but when I when I went back and listened to it again, I heard Snowblind again for the second or third time, and big headphones kind of like I'm rocking right now. I just with the with the going on in the background of that song, the snow blowing kind of, mm-hmm. it sounded like it's just such an epi- like epitome Ace Freely song, especially the way it starts slowing down at the end. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Mm-hmm. Like it just reminded me of like him kind of falling apart on stage like that. Cause that's just, we, we know Ace to be that guy who's always knock need sure. falling and stumbling on stage. And, and, and he's the one, that I said, out of all the people that I'm, uh, that I love in this band, you know, all four of them, Gene being the biggest guy that I love the most, Ace came out of fucking left field and knocked it out of the park, dude, and just floored me. It was almost like then I had to go back and listen to Ace songs closer because yeah. I feel like I was, I was like, I just looked over him for some reason because I was yeah. like, oh yeah, I just loved his Gene's bebop shit that he was feeding me all the time.
0: Oh, of course. Uh, when you say that about going back and listening to more Ace songs, uh, Fucking rocket ride could have easily been on his solo record, you know, and, and fit in, no problem. Yeah. yeah. Um, Which would have I, been
1: like a nail in a
0: coffin for, <laughs> at the time, dude. And like you said before, the manager would be like, Say, kid, uh, you don't need this, yeah. You don't need these other guys. Uh, Bring the spaceman to my limo. We're gonna have a talk. Yeah, yeah. You only have to wear one boot with me. See, <laughs> producing the hits. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, god." Yeah, I think um, – well, you know, we're not telling – as far as KISS fans go, and you, even you, we're not telling anybody anything that, you know, they don't already know. Uh, unless you're watching this uh, 3.0 part of the KISS podcast here and, and don't know much about KISS, then, okay, you know, there's something to right. away from this. Uh, to this, Like I said, again, to this day, if I want to listen to any of them, it's going to be the frailty one. Uh, no disrespect to the other three guys, you know. No disrespect. No disrespect. What are you saying over here? <laughs> so
1: okay, so let's put you on the spot here. Since we say it's the best solo album, we know it is. Yeah, your favorite song.
0: Um, damn. <laughs> well, again, and I don't mean maybe. Let me uh, look at my cheaters, my cheater people, my peeper cheaters here, and. Probably, um, you know, this might surprise you, uh, Fractured Mirror? Yeah. the uh, That is the instrumental, correct? Yes. The acoustic-based instrumental Fractured Mirror and probably Rip It Out slash Snowblind.
1: Take my heart. And what, what I loved about uh, Ace... Ace Fraley, and we, we did when we did uh, the Casually Serious podcast on Tuesday. Kenny and I were talking about '70s sitcoms, and the reason why Kenny and I particularly love '70s sitcoms is because it it was all like I I was born in a family. I was the only one of my family not born in New York, uh, so I grew up in like an East Coast household in Miami, and I just love that whole New York mentality. And I just love the fact that Ace never polished any of his accent. For through his singing or anything like that, because you know, Paul obviously did. Most of most singers do. You don't really know that they're from New York or you know, this city or that state or whatever the case may be. But Ace never hid his northeast accent. And that's what I loved about it. And it sounded fucking awesome. It's still it just sounded like a guy you know, like, oh, that fucking ace guy down the streets playing some shit in his garage right now. You gotta hear it, man.
0: You know, like absolutely it's, it's so awesome. You're correct, dude. Actually, Paul tried to hide it. I don't yeah. know if he was completely successful. Uh, I could hear a little bit in, in his singing, but a lot in his stage banter. Uh, but next to Ace, dude, Ace was just totally not capable of erasing his, his Brooklyn accent or whatever. Or yeah. no, Bronx, Bronx accent. Yes. Uh, that was never gonna happen. I love that about him as well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful i i'm gonna I, like i said i'm gonna take rip it out on that one rip it out and "Snowblind" are my two favorite songs on that album and Absolutely. um you know so so you know we, they they went on their merry little way and we agreed that uh double platinum came out uh at this same year but uh at the obviously after or do you think
0: it came out before the solo albums can i stop you for one second bob yes uh one last thing that uh fractured mirror uh instrumental uh uh-huh. really album remember i don't know if you remember but the uh, intro to rock bottom is very to me my opinion only uh very very similar piece of work
1: you think it's pe you think it's something that was a part of it or something he riffed off of
0: I don't know. I think I, that's why I think that Paul had a lot of input by Ace on that intro to rock bottom at at the time because it sounds really uh similar yeah in, in style and composition to fractured mirror. And uh, I guess that's part of the reason I really like it so much too. It's it's a, a lovely a, a beautiful piece of again, a beautiful piece of music. The days that you don't really expect.
1: No, and if no. there if there was ever a point in time that Paul and Gene were going to give Ace all of the credit he deserved for songwriting, riffs, all that shit, um, we would have known about it because it's certainly not going to happen now. They have, you know, it's almost they're falling on their swords when they're talking about you know Ace and shit because the second time around that that reunion tour should have been the greatest thing in the world, a resurrection for everyone, and it just the problem is is I think gene and paul went into it as a business and ace and peter went into it thinking it's it's not a business we're gonna still do what we did last time and we're still gonna get an even cut out of all this and it just didn't work that way and once once they found out what each other was making it just went to shit but you know i don't know i it's kind of it's crazy you know that was a you know a long time that went between you know when they were playing with each other so it was extenuating circumstances but they they just they were doomed you know
0: and what you were referring to happened in ninety six. Uh, yeah, we're we're way ahead of our, ourselves on this, but
1: yeah, I'm just saying though. So
0: it's just it's it's very right. it's just crazy. Leopards don't change, right? You know, yeah, and uh, got more of the same. But I think it was a good year. It got <laughs> it probably it got progressively worse after that, like usual. You know, it sure as hell did, dude. Uh, I'm sorry. Anyway, you were jumping into the uh, natural. Flow things uh, double double
1: platinum. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna dig I'm gonna dig real deep on the math on this one. So let's.
0: Uh, oh, you're looking uh, inches up inches of the night.
1: <laughs> double platinum was released April second, nineteen seventy eight, and these That's solo cool. albums were released in September. So here we go with Kiss trying to find a way to release about, you know, as many albums as friggin' possible. However, they have to package them can within a calendar year.
0: Can you repeat those dates if you still have them I,
1: them I sure could, man. So Double Platinum was released April 2nd, 1978. Okay. And the um, solo albums are September 18th, 1978.
0: Wow. You know, for some reason, call it a mental block or whatever. I always I always had thought that the solo albums were released before double platinum. And that Kiss had released double platinum to try to, you know, win back some of that uh thunder and fire that they may have lost during the uh the solo records. I had no idea it was the the opposite, you know. That is kind of nuts, man. And, and I, I think were, they were kind of on a roll with double platinum then at the time as well.
1: Yeah, and if you think about how, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up a picture here in a second. Uh, it's probably not; these probably aren't the greatest pictures in the world. Let's see what we can get. But the reason why what you're saying is true is, is if I'm not mistaken, the pictures that they use is inside the double platinum album, uh, which obviously it's a mirrored album. So, uh, if I'm not mistaken, those are are those the ones that they used on their solo
0: albums? I don't believe so. Dude. Uh Pauls has like a dozen roses off in the corner on the double platinum picture. Uh I think they're really uh close. Uh you know, I think they're uh they're a lot they're a lot like them, but I, I don't think they are the, the same. No, I don't I don't believe so. You see the roses on see I, Yeah, yeah, you're right. His face's hair is different. They're similar uh in nature to them but that's cool as fuck right there though (laughs) (laughs) you know and again there's a there's a there's all
1: sorts of childhood memories i have of this obviously putting a piece of paper on top of it and getting a pencil and yeah
0: and then you know
1: right and then being able to take that and then draw it straight it's one of the reasons why like all the time as a kid when i would put shampoo or soap on my face dude i was able to draw jeans.
0: Things in
1: <laughs> all the time, dude.
0: Yeah, dude, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> I'm you not get sure the light base. Thought about doing that. <laughs> uh, oh, I wanted to. I'm sorry, I keep going back to the. the that's all right, dude. One thing about the solo records as well. Um, had the the actual records aside from fray been as good as the cover art on all of them? We would have been left with some really, really outstanding solo records because the covers on those things are flawless <coughs> and fucking kick ass dude.
1: Well, I think honestly if I'm being I, and I, I don't I'm not being judgy about this, but I think that really could be that could be said about all of their albums. Um and, you know, especially ones like Love Gun and, and and Destroyer that are very comic book and very much the way, you know, most albums that record covers were at the time but you're right look at this i mean
0: yeah that's sick i'm not gonna i'm I'm asking because i really i do not know who who painted these i wonder
1: yeah that's a good point because these obviously aren't portraits so there could be doctored in some way but really and this is peter's is so beautiful that green and and i i I do love how they incorporated their own sort of colors into all of this Mm -hmm. uh and I often, I often joke like, why, why couldn't Paul go with red? Well, because Gene took it. Yeah. Um, but you know, purple was definitely more of the uh, the glamour thing. Hence, why I have it in the background right here because we are definitely entering a glamorous portion of Kiss and their records. But uh, we, were about,
0: we were talking about
1: talking, yeah. Because I don't think let's go ahead and look at that. See, Peters is quite similar.
0: Uh Yeah, except his look at his bangs where his, uh, on on the double platinum area. Yeah.
1: And I, you know, again, we can go with the doctoring of, of any of this, but you know, Ace is just kind of have a slack jaw on that one, which is a little different. This, it's actually quite weird.
0: I I know they're not the same pictures, but they're similar, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I doubt if The same artist did them, but
1: well, and there's only so many different poses you can put, uh, uh, their faces in and get the full coverage of their makeup, which is what, you know, what you want. You don't want a half their makeup or anything like that, but what do you what do you have to say out of, about Double Platinum?
0: I have to say I it's one of the, the records I owned when I was twelve years old and uh, listened to it constantly as much as Alive and a Live Two. Eventually, uh, within a couple of years, I was you could find Double Platinum on my turntable as much as uh, as often as Alive or alive Live Two. Dude, I wore it out and. To this day I really think that double Platinum is an, an awesome uh, what would you call that it's not a greatest hits uh it is though isn't it because well, because it is I guess but there aren't really hits to begin with uh compilation let's put this go with that yeah yeah it's a killer compilation it's it really isn't lacking anything I mean okay if I you, you could probably nitpick and find a couple of songs that aren't on there. But uh by and large, uh great compilation and can't go wrong, man. Produced
1: it. by Sean Delaney.
0: Yeah. And it's got songs Which... from every from the first through Love Gun. So do you recall
1: the difference between the original Strutter and Strutter 78?
0: There's a
1: I'm not testing you. I want to know. <laughs>
0: yeah, there's a there's you can hear a um a kind of like a tambourine slash shaker. Okay. Kind of, kind of more shaky. When, you, when I say shaker, uh sounds like you know those those uh Mexican or Spanish style shakers that have right like sand in them. Uh you can hear that through the whole track, which is obviously not on the original. Okay. And uh, the original they would the chorus would just they would just, they'd yell strutter and that was it once and then the rest of the chorus was instrumental. Right. Also on Strutter '78, besides the shaker, salt shakers, is uh, they continue to you know, you know seeing Strutter throughout the chorus. Uh, solo might be a bit doubled, or maybe a little more, a little more in the front, or a little more have a little more substance as far as the EQ or as far as the sound goes. Um, I really like Strutter '78, just because. I, was say, saying, it, I, feel, I feel
1: like
0: it, now I, know, I do. I do.
1: <laughs> well cuz at some point I said to myself what was the difference you just explained it and so that <clears throat> leads me to believe from there from that point forward Strutter 78 was all I listened to for Strutter for my Strutter needs right. I went to double platinum
0: I did not go to the first album for this I have to agree with you uh if I did go somewhere else it was the Strutter on a live basically Right So uh I really I mean I've heard it been I've heard it be knocked by you know Hardcore Kiss fans in the past, but I think that's just nitpicking, dude. And I think it's a really it's not groundbreaking di- different, you know. Uh, but it's it's kind of a cool uh redo, I think. Right. It gives you a little bit of a a different feel and, and stuff. And I really like the Step Strutter seventy eight. I like both of them, you know. I'm not gonna diss either one of them, really.
1: Well, let's see. I was gonna try and pull something up, and uh, let's see. God, I don't, I don't want. You know what? Fuck it, man. Who cares? What? What? Let's take, let's take a look. The audio might not be beautiful either, but here we go. It's. I think it's. There's only a few viewers anyway,
0: including us. <laughs> To be unprecedented in music history, here's new Bogart for the success story of the decade. Casablanca honors Kiss with double platinum. Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley,
1: Paul Stanley, Peter Paul. Trump, oh. and Ace Frehley. Twenty double
0: platinum songs remixed and brand new scatters. Seventy-eight Kiss double platinum. <laughs> it's
1: interesting. I don't remember. I don't remember it being touted as remixed, which is pretty crazy, like updated, you know, like there was, there, there, there was probably some technico- technological leaps for a lot of the production. Uh, but really what they're saying is we went back and fucking made them sound the way we wanted them originally to sound. <laughs>
0: well, I don't, yeah, I mean, it's, we can assume that, but I think there is, uh, beyond Strutter 78, there was some uh, tinkering done. With the whole record, and uh, I got no complaints, man. I think it sounds really good. Yeah. Uh, whether you know, it's it's not like I said, it's not a, a hundred thousand year leap to <laughs> use a pun.
1: Right. Uh, very nice.
0: But uh, you know, it's a really good <laughs> record, especially for 1978. Yeah, uh, it's still to me, it just it still stands up to this day.
1: I like the idea. It gives us what it did was it it gave us the ability to have a record that we could play that wasn't the actual albums. So we didn't fucking scratch them. We didn't play them. We could take care. We can keep them in a library or volume or whatever we're going to do and have double platinum to play the songs. If we want to go back to deep cuts, we can pull those records out. But we wouldn't we wouldn't have dug a groove in one hundred thousand years or dug a groove in shredder on any of their, uh, uh, their their albums or anything like that, because we had a greatest hits album, if you will, or right. a compilation album, as you were saying, Stoney.
0: Uh, well, one other thing too, uh, a lot of us weren't in the position you were, you found yourself in. It, that was also a really good collection of songs for, for those of us that had just kissed Alive and Alive too, Right. It, and we didn't listen to or own uh, or listen you know, or either own or listen to very often at other people's houses. Uh, the first three albums or, well, you know, I had Destroyer as well. But, you know, it's hard to afford the entire discography when you're 11 and 12 years old. So Double Platinum really uh, filled in the, the blanks, so to speak. You know, for me. Yeah, and so we're talking
1: at this point right now, uh, 1978. I am currently five.
0: <laughs> okay. so
1: so we're talking about we're talking about way after we're gonna get we're gonna get to one album later on, uh, which we're already fifty minutes in. We haven't even started with a studio album uh, with them all on it yet. But who gives a shit? Um, there's one of these albums where I did feel like there was kind of a leap going on, but uh, you know some of those progressions can't come without sort of falling on your face and uh that's true i think that's kind of what we're gonna
0: 11 years old when double platinum and the solo albums came out slightly older than you (laughs) but not very Yeah,
1: slightly yeah but but you know but it is you're getting into those formative years where you're already like fucking metal and comic books and demon and you know like i i had already gone i had to get a little older which is sure you know way later to right. to to go back and experience it, which is odd. I I speak about these albums as, as if I experienced them when they came out, and that's not the case. Well, that's why I think people who are Kiss fans that know me, they're like, dude, you know a lot more than you should for, yeah. for someone who's who's just a Kiss fan from that, which is later. I which was, I grew up after their
0: peak. I have to give you the same amount of credit, man, because uh, okay, so I was eleven and seventy eight. I was I. You're right. I was really waking up and starting to pay a lot of attention and I was into like three or four kiss records when I was 11 so yeah uh but for you to be be, be five years old or whatever when you know in 78 that that's that says a lot about you know <coughs> uh, you're a little different maybe okay think owing oh, to your old brothers or whatever but yeah you are a bit different from other guys cats your age
1: for Probably
0: sure very few of them know as much about kiss as you do. Uh, That are the same age as you. It's
1: one of the reasons I know my friend Jay. Anybody anybody who travels, if they find something that has to do with kids, they usually just buy it for me. Nice. And then they be like, "Dude, I got you on something on the road." Like I didn't. I my. uh, You know, I'm going to segue here to to something different, but I never got a program from a Live Worldwide, and he found one on the road at a at a at a. At a records at a record store, and he brought it. He got it for me. So this little time, he's able to fill in the blanks on a lot of the crazy shit. But yeah, I'm definitely the 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 guy that everyone knows that like, yeah, he's really into Kiss.
0: You're the Kiss freak in the group. Yeah,
1: yeah. But
0: as I said before,
1: in order for you to find a peak, which I felt like at this point they had already reached, um, in order for you to go up, you have to kind of get down. And I think Coolio gave us that information in the late (laughs) late nineties. But uh, you have.
0: let me promote it. don't get up get down instead instead <laughs> all right so instead. let's get
1: into it and let's get a uh, let's get a, a, a studio album that uh, supposedly all four were involved in <laughs>
0: song choice oh, boy.
1: <laughs> a little bit of the uh, a little bit of uh 1970s knock kicking the nuts because uh this album uh even going back and listening to it again today in, in with 47 year old ears um did not do anything for me if anything i can only sort of equate it to uh kind of like the metallica black album where i i, I don't know maybe they were trying to do something and they just couldn't quite hit it
0: yeah uh, I kind of agree with you on that uh, at the time I'm, I don't know whether you're just overlooking it all because you heard uh, I was made for loving you and eh, whatever at that age uh, you were looking for more more calling Dr. Love at the time probably there's
1: one song one song that I pull off of this that I absolutely fucking love and that is Hard Times
0: well, you're you're going, you're going, you're moving in my direction without even knowing. <laughs> so I was going to say a uh, many tirade here. Uh, everybody and their mother, everybody around the world, all uh, most Kiss fans. Granted, there's a lot of us Kiss fans that like like or love this album. Okay, uh, as everyone knows, Dynasty is called the uh, oh this Kiss fucking disco record, you know. Okay. Yes, there's a disco song, which was a gigantic worldwide hit around the world, a global hit called I Was Made For Loving You, right? It's disco-y. Like, again, though, major hit, worldwide hit. However, there's tons of rocking songs on this album, dude. Like you said, uh, Hard Times, that could be on Ace Frehley's solo album or on Destroyer. God. and you know, that's what I mean. I
1: think. I think. I think. A lot of what's going on on this album, and like you said, the next album, is them saying, "Holy shit! What did Ace just do on that solo album of his?" Yeah, and, and we are we probably some, stupid.
0: And can we have some more, please? Can we have
1: some. Yeah. Why? Why? Why were we so freaking stubborn and saying to ourselves, "This guy's an asshole"? We're not putting any of his records as uh, songs on the albums. They definitely, at this point, gave him a couple. And he delivered on them, and, and you know, I, I think Hard well, Times is one of those, man. It's a great song.
0: Let's be honest. I'm not sure how often Gene and Paul, even at this point, would question themselves. But, but this was probably Benny Poncia saying, hey, guys, we probably need a couple of cool tracks from Ace Freely. You know, look at his look at his uh, streak that he has going, right? Yeah. But uh, not just uh, Hard Times, as we just mentioned uh but uh, his cover of 2000 Man by the Rolling Stones is pretty fucking cool, I think. It's very Ace Freely-ish, uh, that's for sure. may not be a great Kiss song or a great, you know, hard, hard rocker, but it's uh, it's 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 Ace through and through, and it's kind of cool, I think, you know.
1: I really like the um... – uh, I mean, I, yeah, I'm, I'm going to yeah. agree with you on that.
0: Breaks are flashing like they did when we were young. Yeah. Did they come down crashing? You know that shit. Uh pure and simple. It's really cool stuff. Uh sure no something is again, it's not it's not a deuce or it's not fucking, you know, she it's not heavy, heavy, but sure no something is a competently written uh Rock and roll song, dude. It's a
1: kiss. It's a definitive kiss song. You're yeah. right. When I hear it, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, you know, and it's just this. There's a lot of kiss songs that we can listen to as fans and say, "This sounds like it could have been on this album because it's this." And again, it's because the, it's and it. What's amazing about that is this band has a sound, and you find it throughout all of their albums. A lot of bands go through these different sounds and mutations of their of their sound, but Kiss is fucking Kiss because Kiss comes from a very basic love, which is Beatles ask rock and roll, you know, swinging, you know, like it's just, it's, it's very, it's basic stuff, but they built, they built on it over decades and, you know, and, and sort of crafted their own art. So, of course, a lot of their stuff sounds similar and derivative of other songs because it is that, you know, they're, they probably, like you said, at some point were taking riffs from themselves earlier and going, oh shit, I can do something with this now. I'm, I'm more intelligent as a musician.
0: Yeah. I mean, they, they're probably closer to Journey, except less sophisticated. And they are Black Sabbath, you know. I mean, overall, yeah, they have some really early heavy-sounding stuff, yeah, and that's why we also love them. But uh, they're capable of that, you know, kind of hook-laden, pop, almost pop kind of hard rock, their corner, yeah. if you will. With, well, I guess, again, less less sophisticated probably uh, songwriting wise. But uh, there it is, you know. They have sure know something's a really good song. Period. A- let's take a look at this uh, this clip real fast <laughs>
1: He's put he's trying to sell it Oh my god. It's so it's so electric and 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 again it might not have uh, there's there's a couple songs on there that are disco It's very if you listen to the drum beats, the drum beats are very disco. That's on purpose. Yeah, um, and they got what they wanted with that song in particular, which was a freaking mega hit, which is still played at bagel shops and gas stations as of like two weeks ago in my life. Um, it's insane. And again, so you can make fun of it, but you at the end of the day, you kind of still have to say. Well shit, they still did their thing. And what they and what they do sometimes, America and the world loves and they buy it. Uh, and that's what they did with even on a disco ish album. They, yeah. they sold the shit out of it.
0: I don't want to lose like my metal card, okay? But uh, you know, eighteen year old Stoney would be like, ah, I fucking hate this shit, you know. <laughs> but but uh, present age fifty plus Stoney is saying kind of a cool song. I don't mind it that much if it comes
1: on. Yeah, uh, and you also probably understand as an artist the sort of uh, the growth that you have to go through, the evolution you have to go through as an artist. You can't stay stagnant and do the same thing over and over. And no. you know, some bands have to try something different, and they different. They've done that a lot with their their career.
0: They have just like a band, uh, Judas Priest, did the same thing. Man, they kind of yes, they weren't afraid to try different things, and sometimes it didn't work, and they felt kind of flat and. Uh, you know, you either have that or you have a formula that bands won't shy away from, which we call sticking to your guns, right? I guess, but uh, sometimes that works too for bands like this. You know, ACDC, for example, or whatever, but uh, you know, I I give props to KISS for at least trying to stretch out and and try different things.
1: Well, try different things they did and as a band that was very, very uh, image forward. They took some chances with their new
0: looks. Their timing timing may have been a little late for what they were trying to do. Uh, They didn't realize it, but they were... Dynasty's probably a year late in being delivered as far as the, you know, okay, whatever, disco craze was kind of on its way out already and for a rock band like kiss to the, to then put out a a disco ish ishy song in when 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 disco's already fading as it is is probably not a a real winning combination although in other other places it was obviously it was very successful outside of america you know so i guess they weren't wrong were they they were not that's, that's what, you know that's what i was saying at some point you got to <laughs> You gotta
1: give them that because, yeah. you know, while while there may be not so much love for it,
0: uh, let's say uh, even though North American Kiss fans like Bob and I don't, we, we, we begrudgingly give 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 it credit. Uh, it was a major success on in all areas of the globe, you know. So that's just that's just facts in the way way it was. How about La Mujer Maravilla? Wow. <laughs> what are you digging up, dude? <laughs> oh, man. Look at Wonder Woman. Dude, that's so horrible, dude. Is this from Brazil? Is this Brazilian, dude? <laughs> Is this a Brazilian wax ad or something? Take it off, dude! Like my shirt. My
1: <laughs> that <laughs> so, is Linda Carter.
0: Oh, you, oh, that's right! Oh my God, what are they selling there?
1: They're not selling anything. That I believe that to be a Spanish. Uh, um, um, what What are they called? The uh, Linda r- um, God. Um, just a, a, a different a show that had a bunch of different things on it singing and dancing and all kinds of shit. yeah uh, it was all it was all Spanish I think and yes but here's the thing generalized social music
0: program yeah
1: yeah like uh I, f- I forget the word for it there was so Paul Lind had one you know there was all these shows that you could do everything on it Not like solid um,
0: or something
1: something like that and what's funny is that I was about to reference Paul Stanley's look as that of a uh, uh, like a solid gold or a <laughs> star yeah. search dancer uh it's just it was a very glittery look man and um i, I don't know how it I, ace ace looks fucking horrible and have, and, and peter yeah. oh god
0: Well you were already uh, moving heading in this direction a minute ago when you were you were just about to talk about their outfits and i, I got to go on the record and saying uh i don't like any of them dude when i was a kid i guess i again uh Twelve years old and Dynasty came out. I just kind of cringed at all of their outfits, and he said, "I think it's, I think this shit's over." <laughs> I, yes. even had, I even had that feeling at twelve years old. Uh, this shit's about to fucking come crashing down, and yeah. I don't yeah. know why, but it was just a, a a feeling when when looking at their outfits and and the cover of Dynasty, etc., You know
1: they signed off on this man they said peter said you know what i'll tell you what fuck it you know what i'm gonna go with the big giant shoulder pads with the big green fucking frilly thing and star child over here is gonna have like i said (laughs) like a like a figure skater outfit and gene simmons looks like someone just put a bunch of tinfoil on rocks and and i don't even know what those things are on his hands i guess they're dead skeleton hands or some shit go ahead i'm sorry I was and Ace just looks like you know. And I don't care about that. What that that star of Jarrell or whatever that symbol thing is in the center. It doesn't. I never. I didn't buy it then. I'm not buying it now, man. That was horrible.
0: Did you say those green Philly kind of things? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny, dude. All he yeah. needs is a fucking sandwich in his hand. Huh? That's
1: so like, it's horrible, man.
0: Uh, Gene Simmons' outfit looks like a Godzilla uh, reject. Uh, yeah. Uh, I hated it, and I still hate it. It's so bold. very
1: tinfoil. It looks like it looks like I somebody was like, "Oh shit, Gene forgot his outfit. We have to make one up for him." What do you have? Plaster of Paris and tinfoil. and then they and they and they made it.
0: Like you said, Paul's Paul's pink thing is pretty much horrendous as well.
1: For the love of God, they kept it for a while too. Yeah, they kept it for a long while.
0: You know, the Destroyer tour was not very successful, man, and uh, they bit off a lot more than they could chew production-wise, and it was kind of a disaster for him, man.
1: So, uh, before we push forward on it, is there there a favorite track you have off of Dynasty? Oh, uh... I'm going to take hard times and I'm sticking with it. Uh, 2000 Man is, is to me, probably the second one on there that I like and everything else I, I didn't love
0: yeah i'm gonna have but i don't agree. hate agree i like uh hard times 2000 man and i like sure No something just because uh it's a well-written song uh what's my charisma oh yeah <laughs> 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 <That's> <laughs> great, <right>? yeah <laughs> my? that's great yeah. holy shit man uh what's the other song on that um i me, me cheat one more time here
1: it's not cheating if you are using your eyes blind's reading it to you uh, sure
0: Savior love is an h freely song dude also okay and it's so he pretty, got three pretty unique man yeah he got three on this fucking thing and and uh like you said that can be traced back directly to the h freely solo album and
1: one hundred percent dude yeah there's no way they're like you know, and they you know they they've always been these shrewd businessmen. They you know they they weren't they weren't angry at the success of Beth. They were just probably like shit. We worked so hard. How come we didn't come up with that? Uh, even though it was dug up. Yeah. Um, But you know, it, it, again, I think it's just sort of like they they got a little lucky. Uh, we all knew Ace, and now we all know Ace was the best musician there in that in that game and that whole gang right there. But uh, they so. if they all. Ace, if they all could have put egos aside; it would have been so much bigger. But they were already so big, which is why their egos got so big.
0: I don't think Ace was probably not the you know the best uh, songwriter in the band because right. Gene and Paul, Gene and Paul did, worked really hard. Like Gene said, whether it works or not, it's just working, you know. And they worked extraordinarily hard writing songs. Uh, but by and large, Ace really had a bigger grip on what rock, real rock and roll was. A much better tactician uh, yeah. other guys he was saying you know, a really good guitarist. Like you said, probably the best musician in the band, raw musician in the band by yeah by far. Uh, he may not have uh applied himself when it as much as those other two when it came to songwriting and composition, but yeah, you're right. Ace really is what made them a legitimate rock and roll band, in my opinion, uh as far as his guitar playing.
1: Yeah, we love Ace, man, I, and he's one of the reasons why. Uh, there's they're, they've probably gone out uh, on their own and done solo tours. I know Paul's definitely done it, but uh, Ace is the one that I've seen. I've seen Ace solo twice because he's just he's you know I don't know, man. I guess maybe that under, the underdog thing works for him, but um, sure. But as far as Dynasty goes, it wasn't one of, it wasn't one of my favorites. Only going back and listening to it is it. Uh, is it something that uh, I can go back and say? Well, it's definitely part of the catalog. It's definitely part of the history. Uh, give it its due. Give it. Let's let's figure. It, let's see what it is and move on.
0: And, uh, which is I'll, what they did. I'll do you one better. I mean, as far as not one better, but uh, you're one hundred percent correct. Uh, I literally remember in '79 looking at Dynasty in the record. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, you call it? the little record? You know, uh, where everybody, you know, they put all the new albums. What do you call it? With well, the it. record bins. Yeah, the bins. Thank you. And looking at it, cool, the new Kiss record, right? And I'm a Kiss freak. And then I completely remember putting it down and going, eh, "I think I'll buy that new band." I hit that Van <laughs> One, the first band album, which was pretty fucking new at that point, also. Uh, not even sure if that Healing Two was out yet, but I clearly remember putting Dynasty back down on the bin and and reaching for the first haling album and taking that home instead. You know, it,
1: you know, to know that when we knew that, it just kind of it just kind of shows you that if you know you had to be sort of a historian at that time, unless you were a new Kiss fan. If you were a new Kiss fan, you bought that album, uh, mm-hmm. but if you were an old Kiss fan, you probably didn't.
0: Do you, do you recall feeling the same as I did or did at that time too? I almost felt <laughs> this is ridiculous dude. I almost felt uh, guilty about putting that KISS record back on the bin and going and buying <laughs> the first Van Halen album because I was so fucking devoted to that brand and band KISS uh, years, a couple of years leading up to that. I'm almost as if they could see me, you know?
1: Yeah. Like, you know, you, you know uh, better. Look, what have we done
0: for you over the last years? Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, and you know, it wasn't, obviously it was a, a imaginary thing, but, uh, I almost, almost had a tinge of, of guilt, putting it down and, and buying a Van Halen record instead and walking out, but not didn't last long. <clears throat> mm. <laughs> Believe me.
1: i tell you what it is. And I think we've spoken about this a lot. There's only two words to describe that brand loyalty.
0: That's what I'm getting at, exactly, yeah. dude. And uh, it was, it
1: they was, could do no wrong, even yeah. even when they did wrong. Exactly, dude.
0: Exactly, So <laughs> we defended but, them through some pretty horrific shit. Right. So we were trying to, to defend them in the end to ourselves. That was mm-hmm. probably tougher tougher to do than defending them to other people. Well, you know? what's funny is I often talk
1: about this when I talk to my friends that you know why do you like Kiss and you know blah 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 blah. I talk. This is the point in time in my life going through this evolution because it's, it's some of the freshest music. It's the closest music to my age. As I got older and started listening to music, Uh, it's the hardest part of the kiss experience for me to explain to my friends to defend so so, the same people who had to defend them in 73, 74 75 uh, they had a different kind of defense they needed to defend, uh, which was just sort of these crazy guys with grease paint. Well by the time I had been fans of this, they were already part of the American psyche at this point. Uh, it yeah. was they were just trying to have to ex- they were trying to explain something different and I don't think they could ever at that point they couldn't do it. they were doing they were doing the wrong things, but I was still having to defend them.
0: Let's put it this way at the time. We were some KISS fans were still trying to defend KISS. KISS had nowhere to go but down. Yeah. And that's the truth, dude. They they couldn't get really much bigger than they already were. Um and and you multiply that with the, the fissures and cracks in, in, in the band itself. Uh of course they were gonna go down. They had to go they had to go down because they were so big. It's kinda like the Titanic had to sink. You know, that kind of thing, uh, which is, you know, a natural, natural thing, you know, progression for everything, I guess.
1: I suppose I didn't feel like a crash. I don't I, didn't, I don't know. I don't I think I was too young to feel like a crash and burn was in their future. But I think that at some point in time, you have to realize that in the business that that's really how it goes. I mean, I think uh, since it was a business for everyone else other than us. Uh, we were just like, why isn't, why aren't these things happening that we want to happen? Like our our evolution in life was not in line with Kiss's evolution and their band, right. uh, and so that, that's where the frustration lay, I think, for a lot of us uh, that had been fans since we were young, How, however young, whatever year that was, yeah. since we were young.
0: And regardless of what was happening with Kiss itself, uh, inevitably, I'm I'm being. I'm being led in all different kinds of directions by, you know, Ooh, who who's this band Judas priest over here and, and, uh, you know, Boston and Ted Nugent and foreigner and all these other fucking bands, cheap trick, Alice Cooper, you know, I'm getting real interested in a lot of bands real fast. <laughs> and, uh, I'm looking at kiss and this dynasty dynasty in the store going, yeah, you know, I can still only walk out of here with one record today, which is what's it going to be? I'm, I wasn't so excited by what I even saw <clears> in the uh, Kiss the Dynasty cover at the time, uh, let alone listening, hearing it. You know,
1: I equate this time in their career to like an aging uncle whose jokes are not funny anymore. Uh, <laughs> like when uh, he when he when he pulls uh, out the guitar and plays uh fucking Don McLean's American Pie in its entirety uh it's no longer a cool thing. That's yeah. what I kind of equated this whole section and of pie. You just want to hear with.
0: Firehouse, right? Not right. On the
1: plane. <laughs> For fuck's sake.
0: That's funny, man. It's...
1: I jumped over the next two albums that we're going to talk about. Let's get into the next studio album after Dynasty. Oh uh, yeah, wow, so
0: like, I sound like Torpedo Girl a little bit.
1: Don't say that out loud.
0: I said that sounded like girl a little bit.
1: Gene's <laughs> <laughs> like, get him, get him. Yeah, right. so I went through that entire song or that entire album uh, in a couple different ways, and the absolute only song that I've ever loved on that album is Torpedo Girl. I love Torpedo Girl. I'm not even joking. The bass line is absolutely sick. Uh, it's such a fucking fun song. I, I swear to God, even from when I was a young kid, I pictured Ace Freely on top of a submarine playing this song with girls swimming around him. Like, ha-ha, ah, Curly! You know, like, <laughs> I, I just, yeah. I just have this pick, and it, see, it was such a fun song amidst all this weird shit, and me hoping that this comic cover... Was actually going to reveal um, their faces at some point in life, which you know, as we both, we as we all go back, we realize that's not the case. I'll bring it up here um, right now, but yeah, I don't know, I don't know what they were doing with it. Um, It's just, it's such a bizarre album, and the fact that I absolutely adore Torpedo Girl is sort of indicative of how fucked up of an album this is. It's almost like I was like, Oh, it's a kiss album. I got to like something. And I take torpedo girl. There's just nothing else on this album. And God, God forbid. I say something bad about fucking Shandy, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Australian. I don't need to love that song. I don't love that song. Uh, and the only thing I like on this is torpedo girl.
0: Well, well, Uh, I've I've been in recent times, I've I've had associates, friends, if you want, whatever, talk about there's actually some good songs on this record, and you have to go back and revisit it to find out. However, uh, I have not done that. I will uh, publicly state now, here and now, that I know, I know next to nothing about Unmasked, I never bought it and I'm not sure if I still have, I don't think I even have a copy of it in my house. And uh, I could always go back and listen to it on YouTube, I suppose, but um, you have to scold me on this record because I completely avoided it at the time, like the plague. And by this time I was, uh, I thought I was a hundred percent done with Kiss and had moved on to J- Judas Priest and, and other bands, uh, so heavier than that. Uh, That's the problem, man. So yeah, the
1: evolution I, of the sound yeah. for Kiss was was much. I don't want to say worse. It was just on a different arc than the evolution of a Judas Priest, even Iron Maiden. Obviously, some of these bands that just became these transformative because as we got older, we wanted heavier. We wanted more, more, more. You know, right. and so we started right. off as Kiss. We, we, we not only now we're accepting bands that don't look anything like Kiss, but just sound heavy in some fucking way. So as we started getting older, we were demanding more from Kiss than something that they could not
0: do. Right. And you let's face it. You're L you're correct. Uh, that that's 1980, right? Yes. You had I'm not. I'm not going to lie here and sit here and say I was into every single new release. Cause you ain't got to uh, lie, Craig. I'm 13 at this point, but mm-hmm. that's the year I saw Judas priest. My first concert, uh, in McAllen, Texas, with Axe opening, I believe. Holy shit. Yeah. And then the very next summer, again, uh, I'm 14, I see Judas Priest and Iron Maiden on the Killers Tour. So, pff, unmasked. You know, <laughs> sorry. I didn't get on that fucking train, dude. You know, <laughs> And I never did. So, uh, I, I'm not the guy to sit here and and, and uh, pontificate about or on, a, on unmasked
1: so when when we're you know because we won't get to stay too long on this album because it's it's messed up but uh, we and again we know <laughs> we know well, now <laughs>
0: I'm not sure it's messed up as we we want need people to believe here uh, All right, I, so I missed the boat on this. Let's, let's put it that way.
1: This whole fucking thing on the front cover, considering even though he's only in uh, well he's in two frames, Peter three frames. My bad. He's actually in the majority of these fucking frames. Peter Chris had absolutely nothing to do with this record. It was Anton Fig on everything, and I remember because I do because I do love Torpedo Girl so much because of its funky offbeat, uh, mm-hmm. its syncopatic, You know, it's 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 just very yeah. weird. It's very <laughs> odd. But then I think to myself, well, where the hell has Peter Chris been this whole time? How could he get? How could he do this? and on a fucking 1980 kiss album but he could not put anything syncopated in anything else beforehand and so that's why i was confused about that
0: how could he do this he couldn't <laughs> he,
1: he could not do this as a matter of fact man
0: yeah drummer in right
1: well and that's exactly what they wind up doing a, a, a little bit more with a little bit more permanency down the road but let's take a look and listen to this Let me tell you, man. They, it, it, it just specifically this, this live show, and really everything Eric Carr did with them sounds so fucking good because yeah. they finally figured out an intelligent way to mic these drums. Uh, and since he had this gigantic thunderous set, he obviously had to mic them correctly. But the hi hat work that Eric Carr did. The opening, just stuff that he was doing that was way more than basic stuff. That was just basic for him because he was the next, he was the next generation of drummers who came up listening to the shit that Peter Chris did. Were they still wearing those Dynasty
0: costumes right there?
1: Yes. Um, matter of fact, here we go. I was going to say that. So while while oh, there no, is a, no, that's oh nothing. my bad, my apologies. We're, go, we're we're jumping too far ahead here. Yes, they were.
0: Is that so Eric it's Carr? A, it, back there?
1: That is Eric Carr back there.
0: Wow! So they they maintained the same outfits almost for a uh, through unmasked because they didn't have Eric Carr until uh, the El- music from the Elder.
1: Right. So they went through the uh, unmasked tour and the uh, well, Dynasty, Dynasty tour with those same those same outfits
0: and kept them until they had uh, Carr and they were starting to record music from the Elder.
1: World Tour 1980, 1981, right there.
0: Okay, that must be 81 then or so. Yeah.
1: But look at that badass guitar Paul's playing. I don't know what the sound of that thing is, but dude, that's awesome. Star guitar. That star
0: is rad, man. Wow. Okay, so again, uh, we. I'm moving on from, uh, at least myself, from, uh, we go from it Unmasked to Music from the Elder, right?
1: As a matter of fact, we do. And that that one was something that uh, became sort of more of a, I believe, a fine wine for me. So let's take a look at the intro for I'm not, that. I'm not skipping anything, right? We are not. We're not skipping anything. In turn, fire it up. So, ladies and gentlemen, Kiss decided to put out a concept album called Music from the Elder. Now, at the time i don't think uh i don't think a concept album was anything that we probably expected kiss to do but more than that uh i did not like gene simmons with short hair and paul with a fucking uh, a weird haircut wearing that purple thing that seemed to be his deal for this tour um you know they were they were on their way out in terms of uh, Ace. Uh, obviously, Peter's gone, long gone. Uh, They're and, desperately
0: you know, on Ace at this point too, pretty much.
1: There's an Elder shot.
0: That's pretty awesome. That's pretty cool. Uh, when I said uh, Kiss had lost me completely, I had a, a jump off. I did jump off the Kiss train completely for uh, Unmasked. However, they came. I was pulling, pulled, and screaming back on the uh, onto the Kiss train for music from the Elder, and uh, I'll I'll admit it, I really, really like this record, man.
1: Uh, I do too, and I didn't like it until like nineteen ninety two. Nice, dude.
0: Why is that? What
1: uh, I think, I think whatever, I think whatever I was holding on to. Uh, that 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 came on cuz i we're talking w- the next album was really what i want to get into but we're going to stay on uh, the elder for for as long as we can um i didn't uh, it, it was a lost album for me because it didn't have hits on it it didn't have anything i heard played on the radio it wasn't a kiss album and again by the time this album came out and i was old enough to be liking this album or should have been liking this album it, it, i you know i was a teenager in the in the in the mid to late 80s this is 1980 81 right now. I'm 7 years old. I'm not in love with the concept album music from the Elder. Uh it was just something I think I had to be a mature more a mature person to go back and listen to to appreciate.
0: Yeah, it had um, to be really confusing to you at that age. Yeah. Yeah. Um to be honest, it what is this uh 81? Uh-huh. 80, 80 81. Okay. Well, I'm, at this time I'm I'm Completely gobsmacked with uh, Judas Priest or complete Priest freak. Uh, right. Iron Maiden. I'm mean, heavily into Maiden at the time. Sabbath, uh, of course. So eh, you know, like I said, I'm pulled screaming back to back onto the Kiss train. Except for the fact that I'm like, oh, if it wasn't a great record, it's definitely an interesting record. Music from the Elder. and they had so- didn- they were doing some things they had never really done done before
1: let me tell you man i listened to it again today and it, it had been a very long time since i listened to it as a concept album yeah. because i think a lot of stuff that happens now in in media the the listening of an entire album gets lost
0: well, we I don't do that anymore probably what you really meant uh, listening to a whole record because the concept that you know doesn't really hold together that well uh yeah but yeah, like I think I think I know what you meant. Sitting down to listen to an entire LP without without doing hardly anything else is uh, unusual in this day and age, you know.
1: Yeah, I don't know. We've got a. Is there something missing from there? I, I... so the the songs are just a boy, Odyssey, only you, under the rose, dark light. Uh- a world without heroes. The Oath. Mister Blackwell and I. I remember a song called "The Escape."
0: Yeah. Or or, Escape or from the island.
1: You mean? Escape from the island. Yeah. There we go. Where where the hell is that on this cover? I don't know. That is odd. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to.
0: Here's the interesting thing. Uh, this was the original track running order that Kiss wanted. If you notice, uh, the Oath is down farther, like a side two. What you just read. Right. Well uh the record label told kiss uh no we're not gonna re- we're not gonna release this record the way you've formatted it track listing wise because you know to kiss the uh, that's they wanted it that way because that's the way the the story worked and unfolded we'll right. put the kibosh on it and uh <laughs> they said no we need uh, a hard rocker high energy song to be the first song on the record. So they switched it all around and made Kiss uh, basically agree to put the Oath first. And I don't know why the story behind Escape from the Island, is, why it's not included there and added after the fact. But I do know why the, the Oath is not first, where the actual release, the Oath opens up the record, which is, a I guess it was a good idea because it, it is a rock tune. Uh, yes good uh, the rest i'm not I can't speak on you
1: know you can't speak on it, huh all right, let's see if I can pull up uh I'm gonna go ahead yeah because you're, you're.
0: the label was appalled <laughs> at the time with what they handed in though you know <laughs> they were it was uh you know that's I
1: believe that's one of those things uh that um they had in common with rush where it's just like they're yeah. like you know what we're gonna stick to what we do and uh you know i guess if we suck now all of a sudden who gives us who gives a shit but um
0: you're it, right and wrong at the same time because yes they rush went through all that except by let's face it by 81 the label was not appalled by rush but yes <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah
1: yeah 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 you're yeah, right I you're right appalled
0: by, <laughs> by what kiss was <laughs>
1: I love the concept of on Escape from the Island. It's just instrumental. Yeah. And so here's what I, and as, as I was listening to it today, I'm like, this is fucking really cool. Because here, here, in order for you to understand and appreciate this record, you have to understand the evolution of Kiss up to this point to be making this record, which absolutely makes no fucking sense to be made. But looking at it as an adult, it absolutely makes sense. Because why the fuck not? Why not do something different? They're, they're, they're asking for something that they can't obviously or haven't produced over the last couple of albums. So this is what we're going to give you, an actual fucking story with a backbone. And when I was listening to that part, I was like, they actually went in there and did a two, almost a three-minute long song that was just an instrumental that was like running bass and running guitar. You know, like you can feel
0: someone escaping from something uh, and the story coming to a head. Also, what makes it interesting is I, I believe uh... – Eric Carr had a huge hand in the writing of this song with Gene, dude, which is amazing. You know, he was brand new. Uh, I'm surprised they would let him get within six feet of the the songwriting, uh, you know, realm of things. But I understand that he had a big, a big, uh, he had a lot to do with that uh, escape from the island.
1: Well, my favorite songs in this order are um, dark light, which you turned me on to a little bit later on. I did, I think I had to go. You were the ones that actually sat me down and said, "You need to hear this track from this album." And, and "Dark Light" is of my favorite because of that.
0: Did um, I did I make you listen to the record or just "Dark
1: Light"? Just that song. There was just one, and I think we oh. were making fun of Ace, um, right, right. but it was like. And after that is "A World Without Heroes," then "The Oath," and then "Only You." Only use another good song on there too. But there's you know, again, those are all out of order, but. To me, there's an aggression, and I think you have to hear this album in the way it was intended for you to hear it to fully appreciate how this album was. Uh, It's not the greatest album, but it's it's an evolution of Kiss, man, and Gene is singing very um, just emphatically on this record, on this whole album. He's singing from the heart. You can tell he means what he's singing about because it's definitely something conceptually he wanted to to be an, an enormous thing.
0: It's probably a Gene album. I mean, yeah, you know, I think that uh, music from the elder. This is just my 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 look at things, my opinion. But I don't really see it as a a Kiss record sort of so much, right? Part of their evolution, as I do. It, to me, it's almost like a, a standalone record. Um, they're trying to prove something one way or another. Whether they did accomplish that, probably fell flat, especially where the critics and fans are concerned. But yeah. I think uh, if you just gave somebody the elder with never heard Kiss before, they might say, "Yeah, pretty good fucking record."
1: Uh, it's not, it's not like a hit record that's gonna sizzle and make a record company and go, "Ooh, we gotta sign these guys."
0: Exactly, man. But uh, it might be the kind of thing where you give somebody that's, like I said again, never heard Kiss, and they, you know, man, there's some, there's some cool stuff on it. You know, I think that, like, like you were saying, uh, "Dark Light." Um, uh only you under the rose is incredibly heavy uh i love that moments in that song the oath um mr blackwell escape you from don't the, act well escape from you I, I just listed off like what seven songs yeah you're right that and that's that are pretty damn strong dude uh even i have a soft spot for the odyssey uh in a way uh and well, I think the thing, the thing is
1: if you like one or two songs on this album, then you like the whole album. Because yeah. you had to have bought in even if it's a groove thing or just like I like this riff, you eventually you have to buy into the rest of the album because it's a story. Right. And and I don't think I don't know that people that were uh, expecting another rock and roll all night or whatever the case may be from Kiss, this is just not the bombastic Kiss because up until this point we were always hit with Kiss 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 you know like and, and and all of a sudden that's not happening anymore now there's this you know he's he's crying on a stool yeah. all of a know. sudden
0: they're, they're a little bit more cerebral or at least trying to be yeah uh the one song that sounds like a kiss song is i right right and that sounds like it could be on any other kiss record it's got that gene you know kind of groove to it and uh Kiss attitude to it, but uh, everything else on this record is pretty unusual and pretty, pretty cool. I think, man, uh, it's kind of a one-off. The Elder is the Elder, and there's no other Kiss album like it, whether you like it or not. You know, uh, I tend to think people that claim to hate it haven't spent, probably haven't spent a lot of time with it. Although I'm just assuming that because I spent a lot of time liking it, I'm listening to it. Yeah. and i spent a lot of time liking it and i really i really verge on love that record dude uh, I,
1: I put it in in a record if i was to put it in a record bin you know there's there's your country your pop your metal your rock or something like that there's always others always other bins like a specialty or, or a discount bin where the record is cut on the edge or something like that this would be put into the bin that I'm not ready to listen to and appreciate right now when it was released. There's a lot of albums that a lot of bands put out that I went back later and was like, shit, that's actually pretty good. And I shit all over it when it first came out, you know, like, uh, you know, my ears weren't ready for that, whatever the case may be. And I I am definitely guilty of not appreciating certain albums and bands.
0: I totally understand that. I, I, I was there right on the get go as soon as it came out, but that wasn't like planned. You know, I wasn't like, Oh, I'm so hip, I'm gonna fucking jump on the elder, you know.
1: Well, but I think for a while you had gone through maybe not liking them and they came back with something halfway decent and you're like, Okay, here they are again, dude. <laughs>
0: that's, that's exactly what happened. Uh I went from being pretty much horrified by <laughs> unmasked in the cover of unmasked to uh ooh, you know, what's kiss what's this, you know, and, and it, it turned out good to me, I think. Uh, you know, I, it didn't, you know, it wasn't Pulling me back in, right? Sinker. You know, I was way into other stuff and on my way on. You know, from from Kiss. uh, But I thought it was a good showing, and it still, it still, I think it still stands up.
1: Yeah, that was again. I think it. it, I'm just as guilty of you know not appreciating something until much later. And this is definitely, this is definitely a part of it. Um, I'm trying to cue up a little something here. That is uh, interesting.
0: One more tidbit of information here, uh-huh. Usel- useless information. Bring that's it. First kiss album ever to not have Kiss on the cover at all.
1: Holy shit! You're right. Yeah, that's how no. you know it was conceptual.
0: Yeah, here's how they 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 want you to forget we're Kiss and just this. Yes, to it, basically.
1: They just put a huge knocker on the front. <laughs>
0: With a hand reaching for it, <sighs> is that Fridays, dude? Yes, it's probably the only tour stop that uh, happened on this on this album, dude.
1: Nice. Gene looks great, man. Gene looks nice. fucking great at this hey, point, dude. Gene's still using that's the same bass from the Love
0: Gun tour live too and all that, dude.
1: It's it's a stripped down look, I think for them on this tour. Uh yeah. they they probably were doing much smaller places. They weren't killing it in arenas anymore, but um they were still they were probably still doing pretty decent. I think they this is sort of like a departure uh like we're not disco anymore. This is what we're doing now. This is pretty kick ass.
0: Maybe someone out there and eventually can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't even there was no tour for uh just Elder.
1: No, I don't think there
0: I don't you know I think hmm. that Friday's um appearance is is the the live portion tour of uh music from the elder
1: you know what's funny is i I think i think you may be right because before all of this was going on you know when i do my pre-production stuff and i'm talking to the goddamn intern um (laughs) i i i was starting to notice that there was a massive massive lack of music from the elder tour video, and that's all I found which was Fridays, which I'm probably now going to be slapped with a copyright for that. My apologies to everyone involved in Fridays. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I think that's why you're right. They didn't have a tour for that. And again, why would you? Right,
0: right. Well, I think they may have, there may have been some European TV appearances. Uh, yeah, but they were doing
1: World Without Heroes, I, or The Oath, and that's fucking I, it.
0: There may have been some European TV stuff, but with or without Ace Freely, dude, too.
1: There is a video
0: from Europe, a European uh, press kind of uh, music TV video from, I don't know, Germany or Holland or somewhere, but it's just the three of them without Freely, dude. And they're trying to, they're going through the motions like they're playing live. And, uh, you know, it's kind of off putting if you've ever seen it, but Freely it is nowhere to be seen, you know.
1: I think I know the footage that you're talking about. I can't find it right now. And yeah. I, I usually am pretty good at picking it up, but yes, I do remember seeing it as a three piece. And, uh, I don't remember seeing it back then. I, it was probably something that was dug up much later in my life. So I'd already gone to accept what I have accepted as a kiss fan by this point. But I think had I seen it, uh, as it was happening, it would have been like, fuck, you yeah. know, is he, is he alive? Right, uh, is he right. even a fan anymore? Like exactly. And, oh. uh, it's a good it's a big connection with uh with the next album we are going to talk about and the final album we are going to talk about in this three-part series and you know again we're talking about they're going through these peaks and valleys man but this album right here with the help of one person in particular uh was a massive success and it cranked out some heavy heavy kiss songs so let's see what it is That's right. I got around that. When you um,
0: said one person were you referring to, Benny Vincent?
1: I was referring to Vincent Cusano. Yes, I was.
0: I was wondering if it was Michael Jackson you were talking about. <laughs>
1: Michael James. Michael James Jackson.
0: Yes, Michael James Jackson. I don't know. It was not. I figured it was Benny uh, Vincent. Yeah. So let's um, see. Yeah,
1: he's on the back of that right there, produced by Michael James Jackson by Paul Stanley and Gene, and as always. Mastered by George Marino, Sterling Sound. So they're, uh,
0: Frank, um, Frank Marino?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Frank Marino, one of those freaking Marino guys.
0: I didn't know Frank uh, Marino was fucking mastering everything, though.
1: <laughs> but uh, this this album, okay, so um, we're talking about 82, right? 82 yeah. for this album. Yeah. This is So this is when I'm old enough to hear a current Kiss album, because I remember buying this album when it was released, but I'm still very freaking young. All right. So, but still, but still big enough, young enough and old enough to be a fan and go out and want to purchase this album because it's new Kiss. Because I'm all of a sudden seeing these kids that only lived in my my brother's record collection. Now they're on TV a lot more for some reason. Uh, I had seen them a few times. So now I feel more access to Kiss at this point. So I buy this album. And obviously, I buy this album uh, saying to myself, holy shit, this cover is badass. Uh the I love it loud uh video was it hooked me from the beginning. The white eye thing. And again, I'm pretty sure Ace Freely is part of all this. His guitar solo was on this album, our fucking beast. He sounds like he is all of a sudden just some sort of heavy metal master and has grown oh, you into mean something different. This is yeah, what this is, about, this is right? what I think is it because I'm looking at the album cover. Ace is in Paul Freely is involved in this, obviously. Well when he is not.
0: Better is what you're asking yourself, right?
1: So you,
0: really, sweet picking now.
1: <laughs> as we go through this, as we go through this album, and we we can you know we'll start off with creatures, yep. Satan center. But we're talking if we're gonna talk about my five favorite songs on this album, the number one is Killer. Killer is an amazing hard ass song.
0: Yep.
1: After that, War Machine. As is
0: War Machine, yeah,
1: right saint and sinner creatures of the night and i love it loud just because i have to love it but yeah. but if i'm being honest i really feel like saint and sinner is probably my favorite song on that album after killer um but it's just that intro "Love is a gun love is a blade and it was just yeah, it he, he goes all out on that song and saint and sinner um gene is just screaming into the microphone in this production it's a very uh-huh. loud production
0: Almost got like they got scared awake and they said, Uh oh, uh, there's this other band, Iron Maiden and Judas Priest and Motorhead, and they're stealing all of our fire. Uh, let's do yeah, something. And damn, they did. I mean, you know, I wouldn't go out on a limb and say it's, uh, it's a danger, it's a threat to a number of the beasts from Iron Maiden or anything like that, but uh, or British Steel from Judas Priest, but. but in the world of Kiss, it's a huge leap, and it's a damn good hard rock record, man, for sure.
1: You know what it was? It was at the time exactly what you just said. Um, I think they had to keep up. Uh, they had to keep up not only the image, but uh, they okay. So we are Kiss, and you're going to see this face paint all the time. They needed to do something musically that was more current and much harder. So, so if they were to have gone. This album, and what I'm about to say probably is agreed upon a lot of people, this album saved Kiss. Uh, Absolutely, dude. It saved them from having to continuously explain what The Elder was, what Unmasked was, what Dynasty was. Why they did uh, a
0: disco record. Yeah, Right.
1: Why yeah. they did solo albums, all that well, shit.
0: It, it showed everyone that, you know what, we we can rock with the best of them if we when we decide to. Uh, And that was true, man. I mean, it's a pretty fucking rocking album. And, you know, again, it's not Number of the Beast or British Steel or none of that. But uh, it's damn, I might have to say it's heavier than any fucking Van Halen record.
1: Right. That's the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And because it it has everything to do with Eric Carr and Vinnie Vincent, man.
0: Yeah, dude. Absolutely. And Gene and Paul handed in really good performances and songs. They kept the they kept
1: the Kiss vein there. They kept the blood of Kiss rolling throughout all of this, while these two new kids had a little bit more of a heavy influence. It was obviously the first time I saw that 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 axe, uh, which blew my fucking mind, uh, that Gene Simmons axe. It was just like, I don't know, man. And and I'll tell you what, that double V right there is also a beautiful guitar and a wonderful look.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like for the first time, Kiss. Uh, realize was able to realize what they, what they saw on paper, you know, it actually transformed, it actually transitioned from, you know, or, uh,
1: what do you call it? Uh,
0: it went from on paper, what they saw on paper they were actually able to achieve in, in real time.
1: They got real heavy on this one, man. I was a big fan from the very get go. And I was sort of, I, th- I feel like it was sort of a resurrection. If you think about how many albums they have done up to this point, um, you know we've got uh, up until this point i'll list them off kiss hotter than hell dressed to kill destroyer rock and roll over love gun dynasty unmasked and the elder that's a shitload of albums up until this point and this is released right around halloween of 1982 mm-hmm. which is another thing that got me i'm a halloween baby i was born on <laughs> devil's night so your birth, your to, yeah man to see this happen it was like i definitely got this album for my birthday you know and um I mean it was it, it was it was a resurrection. Now obviously they did a full 180 on the next album and kicked us right in the nuts. Uh, but you know it, you know
0: that's correct me uh remind me which one, what was that?
1: That is lick it up when they decided uh, you know what what everyone loved about Kiss uh, we're not going to do anymore.
0: <laughs> well that's the Kiss album with with makeup. Yep. And tour. Um this isn't a tour they uh, appeared before like what? a quarter of a million people down in uh, Rio in Brazil. Uh yes, I believe so. And they were one of the biggest, I mean that was they were one of the first bands to ever play to that many people, dude. Uh Queen maybe around the same time, but that was a, a the world's biggest show up to that point almost, you know. You know? I'm
1: glad you brought that up. This is 1983 in Rio de
0: Janeiro. Wow! Look at that, man. I wonder if they're going to show the audience here.
1: Look at Gene, dude. Yeah, going off, dude.
0: It always reminds me of the. Uh, I love it. I love it loud live video from that. Yeah. Wow. That's one of the last shows with makeup. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. That was just for Kiss. That was not a, uh, a what do you call it, a, a festival, you know? Right. were <laughs> yeah, the tours this, were normally festival sized. Like fucking 275,000 people to go see one band, you know? And, and again, I think Cooper had done it. Alice, <laughs> Alice Cooper and Queen had done that already, but, you know. Kiss to achieve that—that's—that's that's, that's huge, man. Too. That you is
1: know. monstrous, man. But you know, again, this—this this was a big, a big album for me. I started, uh, you know, it was—it was a competition between I love it loud and probably like something from Twisted Sister on MTV. Huh? Uh It was a visual callback to their makeup, and again, like I said, then they decide, fuck it, we're gonna just take our makeup off. We're done with this for the next, from there on out, up until '96. Uh, and you know, that's where I fell off and that's where really had more to do with other bands becoming more important to me. Uh, then, but kiss never went away. I could always go back and listen to those early albums and be okay
0: and be a kiss fan. I'm with you. That's exactly where I got off the train, dude. At, uh, stop, so to speak for me was that, that album. I liked it. I bought it, uh, paid for it. Uh, I still like it to this day. It's a little sappy. Some people may not like it for that reason, but I still love it. Paul Stanley is a vocal tour de force, dude. And whether you like it or not, as a song, uh, sings his balls off on that song. And on Creatures of the Night, dude, he just fucking really wails, dude. His vocals are on, dude.
1: I remember hearing them play that with you at in San Antonio for the uh, actually for this tour. Uh, there, you there you go. Yeah, uh, I remember him singing because he did his own sort of uh, one guitar version of "I Still Love You" on that tour as well, just like he did uh, yeah. on a couple tours before. But sounded, he was sounded, he sounded good. damn good, man. Yeah, it was to the point where I think you and I were kind of sitting there going, "Peter looks like he might be playing with drum triggers or something," but fucking Paul's out there killing it. Uh, as well as Gene and, and, you know, Ace during that, obviously during the reunion tour, but, uh, or farewell tour.
0: I remember when he did that by himself and uh, me and you were just kind of looking at each other going, fuck, dude, you know, Paul was, uh, he brought it on that shit, you know, vocally, especially, you know. Do you have a
1: favorite song on Creatures?
0: Damn, dude, you know, I really like Creatures, the, the, uh, the title, I mean, the actual, you know. The
1: title track. It's hard. It's hard rocking right out of the gate. Dang, oh, dang,
0: dang, 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 dang. Like it's and the vocals pretty are pretty Are raw, like almost like he's he's at his limit. Um, yeah, like you said, I guess I have to agree with you on. Uh, besides that, Saint and Sinner, uh, Killer, War Machine is uber fucking heavy. Uh, and I still love you. I may not go and listen to that like in the car but you know, <laughs> right. it's a song that i'm impressed with uh there's a lot of emotion and a lot of power in his vocal delivery on that song yeah
1: it's going to be on a mixtape that you made for a girl along with uh, uh scorpions and some yeah, other yeah, uh yeah. legitimately hard rocking bands that with, made slow songs with,
0: with holiday from the scorpions
1: you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> holy shit man But yeah, again, like we were like, unfortunately, I was saying the bittersweetness of this particular episode was that we are done with our kiss conversation, man. And again, we went through what I consider to be the pinnacle of their work to be the last episode we did was obviously the dynasty love gun era. Uh, I know a lot of other people will say it and then you'll have the diehards that are like, no, there's. Uh, the two the two albums before that, or whatever the case may be, but I really feel like they hit their peak around that time, uh, and they sort of just started getting experimental. and And, and creatures of the night was uh, an evolution because they started they went into what they went to animalize uh, asylum and started yeah. going and doing all this
0: other weird shit. And and I'm with you. I, well, I can't speak for you, but I'm I was not even in the same on the same planet with Kiss by the, during that that period. No, not at all, man. After Creatures, like I said, I jumped off. Uh, I'm going to ask you a couple of really difficult questions that I'm not sure I could answer. All right?
1: Yes, I'm ready for that, man.
0: As we are on our third and final installment, uh, what is your favorite song? And if if it's possible, if, if that's possible, your favorite song and or your favorite record from Kiss album through Creatures, the entire <coughs> Kiss experience. Is that even possible for you to have a favorite song and album?
1: All right. So first off, what I'm going to do is like what every Kiss fan could do and will right, do. Right,
0: we're not, we- no, no compilations or live albums. <laughs> okay. There you go. <laughs> so we're talking, we're going to go straight
1: up studio albums on this. Um
0: Don't feel bad. I I may not have an answer for either one of them. Um all right, so i looking at album or song first?
1: I'll go with album. I have to say, because of the nostalgia factor of it and and and, and what it does for sort of like my mental transportation whenever I hear it, I'm going to go with Destroyer as being my fr- either Destroyer or Love Gun. God damn it. <laughs> uh it's going to be one of those two albums if I'm being honest. Uh really, but um you know I'm going to go with Destroyer because Destroyer as a whole as an album and again since you since you are saying to me I have to pick an album so that would entail every song on it. I'm going with Destroyer because I feel like it's just such a beautiful album sonically where i could sit down and and it's it's brought tears to my eyes on plenty occasions because it brings me back to a simpler time and because of the beauty that is behind a lot of these songs the echoes the piano the uh, orchestral additions to this album that uh we can thank mr ezrin for i think really is what makes it my favorite or i think the best it doesn't necessarily have to be my favorite but it's, I think, the best. In, in which case, it would be my favorite. Now, picking the song,
0: if that's possible, you don't have to, you know, feel that pressured. But is it is it possible? I guess. <laughs> no. Again, this could change for you tomorrow. Okay. Today. Yeah, you're right. Today, you know, what's the song? God damn, man. I know. That's tough because of
1: it. And it has everything to do with their evolution, dude. And even as I'm going through some of their song, their, their track lists right now. Not, um not
0: their evolution, but yours. Right. That's what makes it so tough.
1: You want to know what I... I want to say it, dude. I, I honestly have to say, if I had to take one Kiss song with me to a desert island, it would be Do You Love Me.
0: Nice, dude. Wow, I'm impressed because you picked Destroyer and a song from Destroyer. Dude. Yeah. So, bravo to you, Bob. Yeah, you've been giving us an answer. <laughs> going to be able to do that.
1: It was tough, but again, I think the nostalgia and the beauty of that album and everything that was put into it to to sort of give them another rebirth and another push forward. There's just and at the end, you can hear bells. There's just so much shit going on with that song. And it, it it's it ends in such an epic, beautiful. It's like a wedding song, um, and that's really what I love about it. It reminds me of Kiss. It's very simple rock and roll, and and, and Paul's always asking, "Do you love me?" As if no one did.
0: <laughs> and you're saying, "Yeah, we fucking- yes. <laughs> yeah, yes, I'm impressed with your answer, and you might give me a different answer tomorrow, on both of those, which uh, is understandable. What about you? Um. For album, the my gut instinct is to say the first, the debut album. Okay. But <laughs> I can't because something mm. in the production uh, doesn't let me. Right. You know, I still I love that record obviously because of the songs on it. Uh. I probably. Have to go to, if I'm being perfectly honest, I, was, I would pick uh, a Hot of the Ale just for Parasite.
1: I had it, I had it queued up. I fucking but, knew it.
0: Ah, however, that's not it either. I am okay. going. I'm going with rock and roll over. I'm sorry, which I stole your love is on Love Gun, correct? Yes, okay. I'm gonna go backwards in for song that I can only take one song with me to a desert island. Uh-huh. I stole your love is the song. That's such a good one, dude. However, um, damn dude. Probably hotter than hell dude for, uh, the rest for the actual for album this, for the whole album. So I could have nothing to, yeah. Uh, got to choose and parasite and fucking, uh, what is it? Uh,
1: dun, 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 dun.
0: Here we are. Uh, which one am I thinking of? Uh, Coming home, dude.
1: Strange, Strange ways.
0: Yeah. Uh, the only one that's kind of eh, whatever for me is is mainline. Yeah. And that's still a cool song. And let me go rock and roll. Everything else on there is, I love. And again, this will change tomorrow. But hotter yeah, hell, I Hot, Hotter than hell album and the song i stole your love dude i just cannot you know not i can't not not listen to i stole your love on some remote desert island
1: And for for all intents and purposes i do believe that uh destroyer and love gun could sort of be all one giant big album for me if i'm being honest i wore the hell out of those two albums in particular going back again even as i bought creatures i was probably like oh i'm gonna go listen to some of their old shit again and i probably (laughs) played those two albums over and over and over again. And yeah. yeah, I just think the production wins on Destroyer for the beauty of it all, man. And, uh,
0: oh, yeah, dude, that's I, pretty... I, I cannot, uh, I mean, you're right. I mean, I, I almost wish I could pick Destroyer too, you know?
1: Yeah, it may have been low hanging fruit, but I, there's a reason for it too. There's a reason why some of those songs have lasted uh, their playlists and their concert set lists and stuff like that. And you right. just kind of hear it, man. It's, uh,
0: it's almost like saying, uh, when a band's legendary, they're legends for a reason, and uh, that's Destroyer too. It's true. Yeah, you know, I think that's a great fucking. It may be low, low hanging fruit, but it's it's uh, honest, you know.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, man, Stony. Thank you so much for taking this journey with me. There is absolutely nobody else I would have loved to have had come with me on this Kiss makeup journey and break down all of the records and songs and images and concerts and stuff like that. You are by far my Closest kiss friend, uh, and we all know how much shit we 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 text each other over the course of the last couple of decades. It's uh that's just something Gene would say. Like we and then we go through periods of like fuck Gene, and then we're like, Oh, I'm gonna buy his new album or I'm gonna get his new book or whatever. Like, you know, we have this love hate thing because you know, we know we know what the Wizard of Oz brought to us, which is seeing or, the people behind the curtain and let's uh,
0: be honest with the rest of the world, uh, or the six people listening or whatever me and bob still send pictures of kiss to each other on our phone
1: photos that we have seen thousands of times and we know for a fact the dude on the other end has seen thousands of times and we will still send it and it will be like fucking awesome well we we also
0: send each other things we've never seen or not seen a lot a lot of right but yeah, Rob, Bob, you're right. We, we also, <laughs> it over and over just because it's so fucking cool, dude. You know?
1: Yeah, no doubt, dude. Well, it's been a little over two hours wow. and if, and if I'm being honest, we covered f- four studio albums and four separate studio albums that were solo albums and a double platinum album within that time. That is not bad for my producers and directors in the network. Fuck you. We did a pretty good job on that one. But for everybody else who decided to walk, stroll, hit us, whatever you need to do, however you got to my channel on on uh, our channel on uh, YouTube or Facebook, the Casually Serious Podcast. Thanks you so much for hanging out on this record stash review. Stoney, thank you so much for being part of it, man. Is there anything you uh, want to say before we get the hell out of here, man?
0: I want to say uh, thanks to TCSP, man. Uh, Bob, I, it's been my pleasure. I'm glad you invited me on. I loved it. I enjoyed it. I'm a huge kiss fan, as you know. Uh, you're a great friend and Let's do it again in some other form, uh, talking about music in the near near future, man. Thank you so much. Yeah,
1: we will come up with something to talk about. Not a problem, but all right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, On behalf of Stoney and myself, uh, you all take care. Going to give you a 30-second countdown to uh, put the roaches away, whatever you have. Uh, Your beers, get all the bottles up and uh, hide them from whoever you have to hide them from. Love you so much. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. We'll see you in a little bit.